Hi, welcome to the Penis Project podcast. This is the place to come to find out everything you've always wanted to know about men's health but were too embarrassed to ask. Join physiotherapist Dr. Joe Milios and sexologist nurse practitioner Melissa Hadley-Barrett as they talk to real men and the experts about men's private parts. Have a burning question you really want to know the answer to? Please subscribe to our website at thepenisproject.org and just ask us. The length, while the greater the strength, the more time I've got for you. There's too much talking, texting, tweeting, posting. Too much noise altogether. In silence is strength and peace and space. Imagine silence forever. The Penis Project podcast is proudly supported and sponsored by PROST, Exercise for Prostate Cancer, and the RS Health Penile Rehabilitation Program. PROST is a not-for-profit charity set up by myself in 2012 that aims to help men exercise during their experience with prostate cancer. If you want to know anything more about PROST, including our online service and USB product now available, please just go to prost.com.au. Hi, I'm Melissa Hadley-Barrett and I designed the Penile Rehabilitation Program to help men recover from prostate cancer. It's an online program built on decades worth of knowledge and experience and practice. It's the only one of its kind in the world and it actually works. So if you've been diagnosed with prostate cancer and want to get your penis working again as quickly as possible, and why wouldn't you, then visit penilerehabilitationprogram.com and you'll be off and running. And it only takes about 15 minutes a day. All the best with your recovery, which I promise will never be as bad as you think. November 11, 11am, 60 seconds, kids watch on the wall. In the pub, in the tab, in the cars. Welcome to the Penis Project podcast. Today we have Rod. We had to be really quick at setting this up because Rod is telling us lots of funny things already and we haven't even started. So Rod is a patient who's been seeing Kendall. So Kendall is going to do most of the interview today and I'm just going to be annoying and ask questions. So go for it. Hey, Rod. How are you, Kendall? Yeah, good. So I'm just thinking back to when I first met you. You had surgery January 2022. Correct, on the 28th of January. Yep, and then I met you about July last year, so quite a few months later. Yeah, a little bit of a mix-up with um, with my doctor who missed recommending me to you. It all got lost and I was too too nervous to go into his surgery – and see his secretary and ask to see why I can't see my sexual health specialist. Oh, which is true. Absolutely yeah, okay. true. I was too nervous to go in there and ask that question. Yeah. Because I remember so. you when you walked into the door, you went, ah, Dr. So-and-so sends his regards because yeah. I think you'd seen him that morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So no, that's a true story. And so I've probably tried to be a little bit more open with my thoughts. And mm. uh, yeah, I've talked to a lot of I've told a lot of men what I do now. Not everybody, but most people, yeah. yeah. What, so what, going what, what yeah. you do, like what you do now, you've had prostate cancer? Yeah, or well, what I couldn't do, what I can do, but might be doing it a bit different than what mm. I used well, now to you, do it. Now you're about to tell a couple of hundred thousand, <laughs> so go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so I always, um, when I meet someone for the first time, I always like to know how you got diagnosed and how you found out that you had prostate cancer. So take us back to that time. So my dad died of prostate cancer 25 years ago and he got diagnosed five years before that um, and he got and unfortunately he was, that was going back, oh, you know, say 30 years ago 
And so we didn't have all the um, technology to tell people that uh, you should be getting checked a little bit more often than what you are. So my father wasn't getting checked and I think he went to the doctor because he was going to the toilet fairly regularly, something like that. And unfortunately, he was diagnosed with prostate cancer, but he, it had got into his bones. Mm. And he was given five years and he lived nearly five years to the day from the time he was diagnosed. And in those days, uh, he had his testicles removed. Oh. Yeah, so that's what they did to get yeah. rid of the testosterone then. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that was just to try and slow everything down. And it did everything uh, that they said. Um, but I always remember my father telling myself and my older brother um, that I hope I've gave you guys the gift of life because unfortunately it's not going to work my way. But he said, so it's up to you guys to get checked regularly and stay in tune. So... That's what my brother and I both did. You know, you've got to remember, I'm trying to work out how old I was. I must have been in my late 30s or something like that. So I take tw- 30, take 30 off. I'm 63 now. So I was 33, 34. Mm. Probably wasn't too concerned about it. Had a digital examination within weeks of that and had a blood test. Um, and I never heard anything back from that company that was I was going to go on a trial program. I, never, I was living in Victoria at the time. And... Uh, so nothing happened. So probably I waited until I got in my 40s and then I started having a regular blood test about every three years. And then once I hit, I think, 50, I was once a year. Mm-hmm. And everything was okay. Um, and mine just climbed like most people would be point ones and point twos in your blood count. And then I had my regular blood count test and then bang, I got a phone call from my doctor to say, oh, you, you need to come in, you've had a spike and mm. the rest is basically history. I went through the whole program and yep, I, I had the prostate cancer. I wasn't surprised, I just always felt like I was going to be the one that got it. My brother, thank goodness, hasn't um, at this point of being point in his life being diagnosed. He's about five years older than me, so he'd be 68 yeah. and his blood count's very low, so... Yeah, so that's how I found out. I lost my dad, but gee, I've spent a lot of my life telling a lot of people to get checked, especially in the last 15 years. Yeah. I've been, and especially since I got diagnosed, I've been really hard at it. Um, you know, I went to my mum's 90th birthday and there was, I made a speech there and there was probably 100, 100 people there. And wow. I said, tell your kids, tell your grandkids, tell your partners to go and get checked. I do it everywhere, anywhere I can. Like I think a lot of guys that have been, diagnosed with prostate cancer and um, if you get it early and you do all the right things you've got a good chance to survive. Mm. It's, have yeah. you got sons Rod? I have and yeah he's um uh, I've got one boy and uh, Wade's uh, 34 years old yeah he doesn't have any children but he's got three children um, f- uh, for his partner has three children but uh, yeah he knows that situation with him is um, that he's a high risk now and um, <clears throat> he could um, he could get he could get a uh, oh, just trying to think of the word now where you where you're high risk they can do a check on you. Well, like gene testing. Yeah, gene yeah. testing. I've been told he can he could get gene testing. So I'm not sure how right that is. But if it is, he said he would go down that track. And I said, well, you've got to okay. remember if you do, you, you're going to be waiting around for it. But uh, he said he would like to know. So we haven't got also, around to doing it yet. He could 
you know, once he's 40, just start getting checked regularly because of yeah. his age and then, yeah. you know, because otherwise I sort of think because I think the gene test makes a lot of sense with breast cancer because it can be really aggressive. But because prostate cancer moves slowly, mm. if he waited until he was 40 to start getting checked, yep. then he's not like feel like he's sitting on a time bomb. No, yeah. no, I think so. To be honest, I think he's probably not far away from starting to get checked soon. He's been going through lots of stuff in his life and he's just moved into a new house and his three kids is a very, very busy life for mm. them and as, as a young family. But I think in the next, you know, probably 12 to 18 months, I think he's pretty keen to um, uh, start the test just to just to get in that mode. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, because... I've got uh, – there's a chap out at our golf club who's just a little bit oh, – he's, he's older than my son, but uh, he had his prostate removed. And this was before me and uh, I never thought anything of it. And then all of a sudden I get it and now I'm talking to Matt. And, um, you know, Matt's been a great success. But ironically with that chap, I know I'm getting sidetracked, but I, I, ironically with him, he, Matt was only 41, 42 years old. Mm-hmm. He had to have his prostate totally removed. And his dad went and had a checkup. And his dad is obviously 20 or 30 years old. And his dad had prostate cancer. Wow. Yeah. Mm. So Matt sort of saved his dad's life. Yeah. yeah. That's great that he had a check yeah. so young when he Yeah. Did and that. he's been, um, Matt's been very proactive. He's uh, introduced things out to our golf clubs, out of prostate day and all those sorts of things. He's just about to have another one, I think, you know, in the next few months as far as yeah, I know. Amazing. Yeah. So when you got the news, what was the journey from then? How were things explained to you? Was it all quite overwhelming or did you kind of take it as for what it was? Definitely wasn't overwhelming because I think because of my father and because I've really kept an eye on it in the news and in the newspapers and I've read it up online, what, what goes on and how's it go? And maybe I've known uh, a couple of my friends um, back in Victoria have had the surgery, so I, was, I wasn't too overwhelmed from it. And probably for my journey, I've been one of the lucky ones where my Gleason score was three plus four, so I had the probably one of the better better markers if you want to use that term. Um, so I, my wife was definitely more nervous than me and yeah. I think that's pretty common with um, lots of people with a partner wears it more than the, the person that actually has it, mm. um, is if it's breast cancer or prostate cancer mm. or whatever. So um, no, I wasn't, it wasn't overwhelmed but we got into it straight away and man, when it happened, um, it all fell right around Christmas and I just couldn't get in there to get it out. That was the hardest thing and we just sat around and it was like everything was backdated and it took me like eight weeks to have my um, biopsy. Wow. Yeah, yeah, okay. because it fell right at the wrong time of the year. Then when I got the results back, then we fell into the middle of Christmas and so on and so on. And that was probably the biggest drag for me was just waiting. Yeah, and uh, just another ironic thing you know you said did it come as a big shock my next door neighbor um burger yeah burger that's his his nickname burger and he's just an absolute character and um he'd uh i was like 12 weeks or yeah 12 weeks behind him so he'd had his out 12 weeks and when he told me i said oh wow and told me all about that and within two weeks i get a phone call from my doctor to say bang and that all happened so mm. did you have the same 
a surgeon since you live in the same Same area. surgeon, same everything, same Gleason score. Every, yeah. it, it, we're very, very similar. So is there a whole lot of competition going on about who got driest and who got erections first? Uh, yeah, we're probably – he's a little <laughs> bit more um, quieter, but I've actually got him talking a little bit more about it, I think, and uh, I think I've got him doing a few other things. So, yeah, yeah he's, he's – so we're – We've worked off each other a little bit, which is a really good uh, yeah, thing, I great. think. Yeah, yeah, I think it's uh, great. I've got another friend that's actually had that straight after me and he was very concerned about me and he was asking me all these things. And, um, you know, so and next thing, he's had a high a high blood score and he's just had his prostate removed in the last uh, probably four or five months, I suppose. And um, he's going along okay at the moment. Yeah, he's got a yeah. – anyway, I don't hmm. want to talk too much about him because yeah. it's his own privacy. Yeah, so, sure. yeah. So it just shows you how common it is that though in your you know just in your short friend group that's <laughs> you and two of your mates. Yeah, um, I, in amongst all of this, sort of one thing I learnt from COVID that there is going to be, let's say, and I, I, maybe the word's a bit wrong, but an explosion of um, prostate cancer um, uh, diagnosed because. There will be men that won't have had any blood tests for uh, that eighteen months to two years, mm, and yeah. you might be actually seeing that right now. I'm not really sure, but um, and, and obviously, as we just move on in into the 21st century, there's going to be, you know, our health system's a lot better, and people are hearing more and more about it, and they're getting checked more regular. You know, I, I, the one thing that I've found it with prostate cancer and getting diagnosed, I've got. Um, a, a friend of mine, he's 80 years old and he had his prostate removed about seven or eight years ago and his diagnosis was totally different to how I was diagnosed. You know, he had the blood test and then there was nothing in his blood test but he went to an old-fashioned doctor and his doctor said, oh, why are you here? We'll do a digital examination and did the digital examination. He had a lump on his prostate. He said, oh, I think we'll go on and check. So everyone has been different. That's the one thing that I've learnt out of all of this so I say to chaps at probably 55 or 60 go regular and maybe even go every six months so um because if you if you can avoid getting it in your bones it's it's going to save your life yeah definitely yeah. Yeah, it yeah. can just be something that you deal with and move on and forget about yep. or it can be something that's like your father that's just a yep. lifelong disaster yeah. to deal with the yeah. biggest thing that I've found not biggest there's lots of so many things that I cannot believe so I say to the guys, oh, have you had your PSA test? And, oh, yeah, yeah, I got that in the mail from the government the other day. And all that. And go, <laughs> yeah. no, that's um, that's that, your bowel. That's, totally that's, your, that's your bowel, mate. <laughs> yeah. oh, isn't that the same thing? Um, no, they're not connected. Um, oh, okay then. I said, so you've, you've done your bowel screening? Yeah. Can you imagine if your prostate and your bowel were connected? Every yeah. time you ejaculated, poo would come out. <laughs> yeah. It's making me feel a little bit off, actually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I had a young lady ask me the other day, do I have a prostate? Well, do you know, that is not so funny because I did a like an SEO search to see what the most Google terms around prostate cancer were. Yeah. And one of the top ten is, do women have prostates? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. It's quite surprising. Yeah. We do produce a little bit of PSA though, don't we? Yeah, but we yeah. don't oh, have do a you? prostate gland. Mm. Yeah, we do we a little do. bit. A little bit. But we, but we don't have a prostate gland. No. <laughs> unless, unless, of course, we're a trans gender woman mm -hmm. and then we might still have a prostate or probably would because Kendall was just telling me she's doing a very interesting assignment on this at the moment mm -hmm. mm. where they do the transgender surgery and leave the prostate. prostate. Yeah. I, I get that. Right. Yeah, because yeah, they found because of with a radical prostatectomy you have 
nerve damage yeah. potential and yeah. incontinence. So yeah. why would you want to cause that? Why would you go there? Yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, back to you. Yeah, sorry. Scott. Tell us about you. So then let's go back to, so you got diagnosed. That was all good. You were pretty prepared for it. And then came surgery. So talk to us about that. Uh, yep. So uh, surgery went okay. I, I was in there probably a lot longer than I anticipated. It was nearly five hours for me. Yeah. But um, with my doctor, am I allowed to say who it is? Yeah. Yep, uh, Dr. Yeah. Guo. Yeah. Uh, Dean Guo. And, you know, when I got diagnosed, uh, one of the nurses at the hospital, I went to go, had to go and have my pre-prep before the surgery. Yeah. And uh, before my biopsy, sorry. And um, I knew the, the nurse there. And she's a veteran nurse there. And, and uh, Helen told me, she said, uh, one of the best. Can I just uh, ask something? Yep. When you say veteran, is that like a veterinarian nurse? No, like no, 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 veteran. I should have veteran's old. a terrible term. Um, you know, so she's been a nurse for a long time. Right. She's actually since retired. Right, so she's out. just an old nurse. Okay. But she said you're in the hands of one of the best um, uh, urologists in Australia. Right. So how lucky are you? Yeah. And, he's, and he lived around the corner from my house. Or his surgery's around the corner from yeah. my house. So how lucky was I? Yeah. So mm. where was I? Sorry, I've got sidetracked. So you got to the hospital yep. for your preparation? Yeah, yeah. So I had, had all my prep and away we went and I, uh, they showed me the machine and uh, looked at it. And I thought, oh, right, oh, next thing I was back in my room. I don't remember anything in recovery, nothing. Mm. And apparently I went through recovery and spoke to everybody. I didn't remember yeah. any of that. But I did take – I stayed in hospital for three days where the other chap that I was telling you about before that's just had it not long ago – I think he was out in one day. Yeah. yeah. Was that because you were a wuss or because your wife didn't want to look after you? No, no, no. My, wife, <laughs> my wife's fantastic. She was really good. No, I was – it nailed me. Yeah, it oh, really, really? – yeah, I was flat as a tack. Okay. And, um, and I tried to get up and walk sort of every day and I was doing my little laps around the uh, – around the hospital there, but uh, I just wasn't up to it. And uh, my wife said, oh, are you sure you should come home? And I go, well, I'm not really sure. And she said, I don't want you to come home. And uh, I know that day when I was going to go home and I said, no, I've changed my mind and it was the best thing because the next day when I went home, Kerry came to the hospital and picked me up and I got up to walk and they got come out with a wheelchair and I said, I don't need that. And um, and they said, no, it's protocol. We've got to take you out the front door. I said, oh, right. Okay. I remember by the time they got me to the front door in the wheelchair and Kerry got the car, I was absolutely exhausted. I've really knocked me around. Have you never had an anaesthetic? Was that your Yeah, and I've had a little bit, but not uh, – I've had a little bit of shoulder done. Mm-hmm. But nothing like that. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think it really does knock people around. It does. An anaesthetic. Wow. It really yeah, does. Yeah, I was, I was pretty cooked. Not everybody, yeah. but a lot of people no. do get knocked mm. around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, with the other mm. chap I was telling you about before, uh, he, he was really good, he said. He didn't worry him yeah. at all. He was home in one day and, and he was quite well. Where I got home and I was just no good for days. Mm-hmm. But I, I just hung around there and hung in there. And the best part about that was um, getting the catheter out. Oh, yes. <laughs> like I, was, I haven't heard one man say any different, and I actually even took meds to try and get me through it. I was because it hurt being in, or it was just awkward, or what? It happened? was everything. It was getting really, really sore at the very end. Tip, yeah, very sore at the end. That was the biggest thing, and uncomfortable. All of that, you just, you just, you can't wait for it to happen. And I haven't heard one guy tell me any different. And every man's really told me that because you're using – you've got this catheter in there and then you've got the bag and you go to yeah. bed at night and you have this big bag there and nearly everyone <laughs> I've talked to said, oh, no, it didn't connect it up properly and leaked yeah. all over the floor. Yeah. I did it. We did it as well. Yeah. So, yeah. so what about when you got the catheter out, did it hurt or was it just amazing relief? 
um, just was gone straight away. And yeah. he took that out and then he had a look in there and he said, it looks great. And, um, uh, and this, so then I had to put a pad in and I was mucking around there and I said, oh, Jesus, how do you do this? And the lady said to me, now you know what our women have been working on all our lives have been using okay. one of those. And I thought, so then I had to go back to the room and drink all this water so I'd do a wee and uh, I drank all the water and next thing I was right. And then mm-hmm. I, I got up and I thought, I'm good. I won't need one of these pads. And my wife picked me up and we're driving home. <laughs> oh, it wasn't too bad, but uh, I, I got found out pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. But look, I've had a real, I've had a great success with the leakage. Yeah. yeah, I've been one of the lucky ones. I think, you know, there is some guys that battle away with it. But I did all the exercise. I started the exercises very, very early. Uh, a friend of mine who's a farmer, he said he sat on his tractor for many, many hours doing all the pelvic floor exercise pre- before he had the surgery. So mm-hmm. I started doing all that and he gave me a bit of it and then I saw this, this specialist lady and then after I did all, after I had the surgery. So I worked hard, mm-hmm. pretty hard on it. So it's been real, a real success, that side of it as well. So, and I think that's another thing. You're so nervous that that's going to be your life forever. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I think for some guys it, it is a bit, you know, it is and a bit like that. And it's sad and it shouldn't yeah. be. It, it shouldn't, shouldn't be. be like that. Yeah, it shouldn't yeah. be. So how long did it take you to get out of the nappies? Oh, I hardly used them at all. Oh, really? Yeah, no, probably. Um, I had a couple of minor meltdowns. Um, so I was going along really, really well, but alcohol was the, the thing. <laughs> I was just about to ask, what happens when you have a beer? Yeah, yeah it was the, the alcohol. It was right in the very early days. So I went away on a golf trip with the guys on the weekend. So it was my first time. I thought, oh, I think I'm right to play golf. Went out the golf club and had a couple of practices. And then we went away for this golf weekend down south. And of course, there's a lot of golf and then a lot of beer drinking and I was sitting on the bus and I had the pad in, I put the pad in and I just leaked and I totally lost it. Oh, no. I was really, yeah, really upset me. So then I learnt, no, back off on the alcohol. I basically stopped drinking again then and just had a beer here and there until my system actually understood it. Uh, yeah, so that'll be, if there's one tip I'll tell anybody don't drink any beer. Beer's the worst thing. I started actually drinking Jack Daniels after that. <laughs> <laughs> now there's an advertising thing yes. for Jacks. Well, well, <laughs> Buy Jacks and know throw what... away your nappy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I did. I started drinking a few Jacks because it was better than having a beer. So, yeah. yeah. But um, I definitely don't drink as much beer as I used to for sure, but I still like a beer. Yeah. Yeah. So after surgery, you would have gone back to your surgeon and then the topic of sexual function would have come up. Yep. And that's probably when you were directed to one of us. Yeah, exactly right. It was how I was directed to you. And, um, yeah, so I was definitely the guy in denial. I was never having a needle in my life. There was no way known. And I totally yeah. misunderstood how it was going to happen and all that until I seen you. And then yeah. you told me. But I had made my mind up I was going to do it. Um, because once I uh, made a bit of contact with you and talked, uh, we did, did a little bit of information online, I think. Yeah, because I remember we did it on the first meet, I'm we pretty did. sure. Yeah, yeah. We did and a said, full, full session. Yeah, full session, yeah. Um, put the needle in the whole lot yeah. and then you said, no, no, oh, what's going on there? <laughs> and um, I was up and about to a degree, so it was I was pretty excited. So how far post-op were you when you started that? I think you are about six months. Yeah, it was a long time. Yeah. It was a long time because my wife and I had thought, no, we're finished. Yeah. You know, I just, we'd probably chucked it in. And then next thing I get the um, information from Ding to say, 
got to go and see Kendall. Mm. Oh, right. Okay. So start looking it all up and then. So you got a little spark in your eye. Oh, going, yeah. It's because not over. it was, it was definitely affecting us uh, in. You know, we've got a great marriage, 40 years, just hit just oh, hit the mark. Man. So um, that's why we're away for the weekend with all our kids. So, yeah, it was a real well, – I came home that night after I'd seen you, Kendall, mm. that I was pretty excited. I know. I remember you yeah. calling me when I was driving yeah. home up the freeway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he was super pleased. Oh, I was, was because oh, I, couldn't, I couldn't wait to ring my wife up to say, no, we're going to be back in action. Yeah. And it took took a little while to get it all um, sorted out and we finally got it sorted out. I am still using the needle, but that's probably a little bit of laziness. So I need to get... Can I just ask one yeah. question? How many injections did you give before you got the right dose and you knew what was good for you? Oh, yeah. So just the, the first one that uh, Kendall gave me was just to make sure everything was moving. Yeah. And that was moving mm-hmm. and then... Um, the, well, I think the next day or whenever I used it, it was the next day. It was fine. The biggest problem I found was it was very hard to get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> so then Kendall would have tweaked that dose. Yeah, well, yeah. it took a lot of tweaking. It was, yeah. And I think what we worked out, I didn't probably, I don't really need the needle, but I'm on the about the lowest dosage you can get. Mm. Um, so I need to work a little bit harder on um, the tablets. Yeah. So explain that, Kendall. So he's on a really weak dose. Yeah, because we started on... It was Trimix. And then it was working really well and then it was lasting too long. So then Rod's like, uh, it's just not going down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then I tweaked it a bit and then it was good. Yeah, it was. And then when yeah. I caught up with you again, you were like, no, it's it's lasting too long. So yeah. your function is just getting yeah better. So now what, what I've got now is about 30 minutes after. Yeah. So which you wouldn't even be probably happy with, but I'm really happy with where I was before because of yeah. before I was two hours. Oh, yeah. 30 minutes is great. I yeah. mean, that's yeah. just good exercise for yeah. him while he's yeah. hanging around. And you yeah. can use him again if you want. Yeah, I suppose. Dead, dead set. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think you rung me once and you're like, oh, I tried the tablet and it didn't work that night. But next morning, hey, hey. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that's probably the other thing I have. This is absolutely dead set true. And if I, I digress back to Matt, the young fellow that had his surgery, he doesn't use anything, right? So because okay. he's younger. But he did tell me that when he's tired, he's not up and about. Mm. And uh, so that is a little bit the same as if you're using the meds at night. The, the oral tablets, meds, yeah, yeah. the oral meds at night. In, so in the morning, so wake up in the morning and, oh, what's going on here? Yeah. Mm. So... It's a morning thing, but trying to be organised and things like that in the morning. My wife is a uh, uh, she has to work and she's leaving home very early in the morning. Her office is down south, so um, let's be real. None of us women, when we get older, like it in the morning. <laughs> Kendall probably hasn't got to that stage; she's too young. But the rest of us just want to sleep in. <laughs> I'm feeling your wife's pain. Oh uh, yeah, and, uh, maybe I'm a bit lazy myself that way as well. Mm. But yeah, no, that is dead true though. It's um. I'd forgot about that. Yeah. 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 I need to get back on that. And then tell us about, so before we started, you said that you were a bit lazy with taking a daily tablet of Tadadafil. What happens with that? So definitely if I'm, if I should, I should be taking it daily and I'm not at all. I've been really lazy and I've stopped taking it. Um, and uh, so if I'm not using it, I'm not up and about. Yeah. I think that's that's real. But if I'm using it, I'm definitely different in the morning. And uh, I don't know why I'm not using it, but 
think I'm going to take your tip and put it next to my toothpaste. And then when I brush yeah. my teeth in the morning, it, it'll be a really good habit. And I suppose it's just like ladies taking contraception, pill yeah. or whatever. So yeah. Men are probably not that good at taking tablets. I know. And that's what I always um, think, you know, because guys often say that. I forget to take my daily dose and I'll say, well, do you brush your teeth every day? Mm. And they always say yes, even if they don't. Yeah. And I'm like, well, just put it with your toothbrush because you can't forget then. Yeah. 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 So, no. Please take your tablets. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just interesting to hear from you that it does make a difference. Like you can see the difference in your erectile function and spontaneous Definitely. erection from when you're taking the daily or not. Absolutely. Yeah, no, yeah. it's real. And I didn't think it ever would be real because before I had my surgery, I used to use um, Biagra or whatever because mm-hmm. I was – I was. I started using it when I was about 55, 56 yes, years old. Because you're an old bloke. Normal. Well, it was like happened overnight. It was weird. But mm. anyway, it happened and unfortunately that's what I used. And then so I was using those meds and then so I didn't think I was ever going to need them again because of what happened to me. And then we started, mm. you know, you said, start, oh, I better start using them. And I started using and things changed. Mm. So, yep, I've got to go back home and start doing that. So are you still friends with your pump then? Yeah, my pump is a... I think the pump's really important. Yeah. Um, so the pump that I got off Kendall, which is just the basic one, it's not the great big one that had the big rubber bit in the middle that uh, looked the like. The bath mate. You've yeah. got the Vacuract. Just a plastic. The one with the rings? Uh, yeah, that yeah. I don't use any of the rings. And um, yeah. so that I just, so one of my clients at where I, I do some work for, He's had his prostate removed, oh, about seven or eight years ago. God, do you know anybody that still has a prostate? I talk, you see. So. <laughs> <laughs> but Gavin has been fantastic support to me mm. and uh, they were probably the first people I went to because I knew about him. So I was there and then I told her and then Gavin came out and he started talking to me. He's studied it to the end of the earth. He's built his own um, barrack chamber. <laughs> has yeah, he? Yeah, he's built, he's got two. Hyperic chamber. Yeah, yeah, he's got one at home and wow. he's got one in his workshop. If anybody who's listening wants to know what that is about, is that we they have noticed in studies that when people go into hyperbaric chambers for other things like wounds to be healing mm. stuff, that they yep. get better erections because of the extra oxygen. So this guy is so into it. He's built his own hyperbaric chamber. Yeah, he's an engineer. He's a pretty cluey man. Wow, because yeah. I would love to do some research in how that went post-prostatectomy, but yeah. don't know how might, to go about I it. I might put you in contact with Gavin. Mm, be really yeah, interesting. He's a, he's a very interesting man and he's... And, um, I think his wife, Peter, is the same. You know, they've really worked hard together on all of this. And yeah, he's got he's got a battle in front of him as well. And that's why he's built that barrack chamber to try and slow everything down. He's done all, looked at it all in America and what's going on yeah, with everybody. On but he was the one who put me on to about the pump. And because I said, I'm really struggling with the pump. And he said, just use it in the shower. Yep. And I said, what? He said, don't worry about the stuff on the bed. Just use it in the shower. Throw the ring away and chuck it on the shower. So my tip is to anybody, just use it in the shower and just soap yourself up a little bit. Pop it on and pump it up and you can pump it up as much as you like. You, you might be using a little bit water, but more water, but it's really comfortable and it's easy to use where I was really struggling to use it on the bed. Was that because it was uncomfortable or because you just forgot to use it and it was just a hassle? Uh, um, I think it was a little bit. I found it hard, I found it harder to do. Yeah, I found it hard to make it connect, mm. to suck on there and, you know. So soon as I started using that, that's where it stays now. It stays in the shower just mm. permanently and I do it 
uh, you know, three times and every day when I have a share, and if I have two showers a day, I'll, I'll do it both times and every time in the shower. And it makes sense. I always say to guys, just put it in the shower for yeah. no other reason yeah. than it's in your face and you can see it because yeah. if you hide it in your cupboard, you're going to forget. Yeah. So you don't want to end up with the purple turtle. <laughs> 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 and that was another term that Gavin put me on to, the yeah. purple turtle, which is I did I hadn't heard that term, but it's been around for a while. So explain the purple turtle. I'm assuming this is like the head of the penis the going purple. The head of the penis is, um, well, it's, it's, I suppose it's going purple, but it's getting shorter and shorter because yeah. you're not using your pump. Yeah. So it's just poking out a little bit, but if you use the pump and you use it regularly, well, as Kendall explained to me why we use the pump, it's about uh, keeping muscle Mm-hmm. Correct, yeah. yeah. And memory, I think, all of, all of the above. Well, yeah. I saw a guy today, this afternoon, mm-hmm. who was in his early 80s and I've seen him five times to teach him how to do injections and he hasn't had his prostate out. But he's got the purple turtle. I haven't heard that expression before. Mm-hmm. Purely just because as he's aged, he's not getting his own nocturnal erections anymore yep. and his old fellas just yep. disappeared it's back gone. into his body. Yeah. So every time I give him the injection, because I can pull it out and see it, it yep. works perfect. But it's so hard for him mm. because he can't see past his belly to yep. get him out far enough. Yeah. So, you know, it's not just prostate, guys. When you start losing your spontaneous yep. erection, you just use it if you don't use it. Absolutely. Lose yeah. it if you don't I didn't, use it. I did not. I've actually told nearly everybody, that anybody that will listen to me, I've told them, do you realise that we have 20 erections a night when we're asleep. 20 erections a During week. During the week. Oh, week. <laughs> I've been telling everyone 20 lot. a night. No. And everyone's going, really? Yeah, that's a and lot. So, okay, I'll take all that back and I'll tell my friends that. But it's a 20 erections a week as we yeah. sleep. And mm. I didn't know any of that. Do you know what I always think mm. about this? Is, you know, when I was a young woman and, you know, you sleep with a guy and you've got babies and your husband's behind you and he's poking you in the back when you sleep and you think, Jesus Christ, I've been up all night <laughs> breastfeeding and you're still doing that to me <laughs> and feeling annoyed about it. Yeah. And I wish I knew that I knew that now mm. because I think how many young women wouldn't be, uh, would be annoyed at their partner and think the poor guy's just asleep doing his thing mm. and we're annoyed at them. Like I think. Women should know this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but he's not going to say no, is he? Well, no. <laughs> but, you know, the point is is that the woman is often just laying there seething, yep. thinking, God, give me a break. Yeah. And really they would, they're being annoyed about something the poor guy can't help. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So, anyway, that's my pump story. Yeah. yeah so, trying to think what else have I learnt. So, your t- top tips for other guys are... Do your pelvic floor exercises. Don't drink too much beer. Change over to Jack Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> the needles are a good thing. Yeah. Never say never. Well, the needle's easy. You know, if there's one thing I can say, I've, I've actually rang one of my friends up in Victoria who had his out about two years beforehand and he was the guy that did all the exercises on the tractor and uh, he said, no, no one's putting a needle in my penis. And mm. um, anyway, I remember that and I thought that was me. And then once I found this, I started doing it and I said, well, you don't even know you've actually done it. That's really the... So is he doing it now? Uh, well, he, what he did though, he went and sorted some stuff. His, young, his son is a chemist and, uh-huh. and he went and got some Viagra and all of a sudden he, he was right and he didn't know it. Oh. So I don't know if he was going to do it, but he's going along okay now. So and he, was, he had exactly the same Gleason score as me. And he'd been watching his his uh, PSA since he was 32. And he had a very, very high PSA. Wow. Yeah, so anyway, but no, the needle, 
go and do it. That mm. uh, doesn't not hurt one little bit, especially the applicator. Yeah. Oh, and you lost one. Yeah, oh, I did. I threw it in the bin by accident. <laughs> oh, did you? That's did. an expensive. Oh, I've not been. I cannot one. make myself just do it normal. No. Like where you said you should be able to do it, and I said no, I can't. And the applicator's easy. Oh, I couldn't give myself a needle without an no. applicator. There's no way. Well, no. I just sort of think, you know, people uh, put the cell the needle in the tummy for diabetes, but there's. Stick a needle in your penis. Wow. Um, but most of no. the diabetics, to be fair, use auto-injectors Yeah, that's as well. exactly right. But yeah. really, the um, to be honest, the penis is, uh, it doesn't have much <laughs> feeling in it as I found. No, it's, it's pretty dumb, really. Yeah, yeah. It is. It's very <laughs> dumb. <laughs> Not sure how to take that. Uh, so anyway, get, go and have your needles if you, if you if you're even half thinking about it, go and do it, and you don't have it in the end of your penis and your knob of your penis. Yeah, because mm. it is sensitive up there. Yeah, well, that's exactly where I thought it was going to have to be. You know, that's Most men do. They go, is, are you going to yeah. stick it in the eye? Yeah, no, yeah, no, no. They all, that's exactly what you yeah. do. This is this all, we're all very naive. We don't want to know, but yeah, now you want to know everything, I suppose. Yeah. Well, you don't usually think about it, how anything works until it doesn't work. Yeah, I think, yeah, yep. Just sort of take it for granted. Yeah. I definitely took it for granted until you couldn't use it. I remember the night before my surgery, it was a very emotional night. Mm. Yeah, it was. And my wife and I were, <coughs> excuse me, we were very emotional that last mm. night before I had the surgery because we knew it was going to change our life. Yeah. But, you know, we've got our life back and we're going pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like you appreciate it more now because you had the opportunity of losing it all? Um, that's a good question, isn't it? I haven't really thought about it. I, 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 once I got it back that time, I probably did, but now I'm just there, you know, I'm, I'm up and about and it works and we're doing what we've, we can do, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> tell us about orgasm. Is that the same or different? No, or? very different. So tell not, us about I, I would say, I haven't even told my wife this, so she's going to hear it, but it doesn't really matter. Um, it's not, as, it's not quite as good. Okay. Um, that'd be... I've had, you know, all every time there's always been an orgasm, but it's not as stimulating. Um, but there has been two or three times it was like it used to be, and then other times it hasn't been. I think that probably happens in general with a lot of people when you're I think having sex. Well. You know, some days you're up, everything's really good, and other times it's not. Yeah. Remember also though that you're really early days. I mean, you only had your surgery in February, didn't you? January. No, 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 January. No. So I'm a year, year. a year and a yeah. year, eighteen yeah. months now. So your nerves won't have be completely back functioning yet. So it'll be interesting to see if your orgasm feels more like it used to when you get to the two year part when you've had like full healing. Yeah, yeah, that. Because yeah. you kind of, you know, how you said it's be- it's good sometimes and not as good others. Yep. You know, I kind of think of it as having like a loose wire. Yeah. You know, sometimes yep. it all joins up and it's good and other times it's not when you've got a, a shaky wire. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably very – that's a great way to explain it, to be honest, yeah. But it's always good. Don't worry mm. about that. But it's not like it was before. Yeah. Um, but and do you miss ejaculation? Um, yeah, probably do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think my wife does, but I think I do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I've said this before on the podcast that I used to um, think – make a bit of a light of it and say, oh, it's a great thing, no more wet spot. Yeah. Until I spoke to enough men that I realised actually that's such a woman thing to say. Yeah. And yeah. I think it is a real loss for men. Yeah, like it it's is. just yeah. different. Yeah, yeah, it is. I think it. you feel like you've lost a bit of your man horn and, and I, well, I think it does. It, 
when you ejaculate, it doesn't feel the same as it used to. It's mm. not it's not as in, intense. That would be the word I'll be looking for. Mm. And uh, I'm not sure if you've heard that same term. Yeah, yeah. I have. I mean, there's yeah. some guys that they get on with it and they just go, "It's just it's not the same for yep. me." Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like it to. I would like it to be better. That's for sure. And then there's other guys who say it's better. It's amazing, yeah. and yeah. it's more intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. I think it depends on also. I don't know, in my experience as well, and this is purely anecdotal, I feel like the guys who would have already had quite good pelvic floor strength before don't notice an improvement as much as the guys who have got weak pelvic floors. Then they do all the exercise and then their orgasm is noticeably better. Oh, right. Okay. So, yeah, I feel like if you're not as fit to begin with, yeah. you notice a change, whereas the guys mm. who were already pretty fit don't don't seem to. Yeah, I've got, mm. yeah. with my work, I've got a, very physical job, so if mm. I, I would have thought I would have had a fairly good pelvic floor. There's mm. no doubt about it. I've never, never worried about it. I was never going to wet myself or anything yeah. like that. And nowadays I'm pretty right. You have minor leakages some days when you're tired, mm. maybe when you cough. But it, it, for me, it, I don't even notice if I do. Yeah, mm. just sometimes, oh, what's going on there? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, so I guess to wrap things up, I yep. guess, on the journey, um... Is there anything, I always like to know, is there anything that you know now that you wish you had known in the start? Well, I wish you'd asked me this before to really think about it. Mm. Is there anything I would have liked to know before I started? Yeah, I would have liked to have known about you. Me? Yeah, no, dead set. <laughs> yep, because I think it would have um, uh, probably... Would have had as much. I wouldn't have been so anxious. I think you know, starting to worry about our life sort of drifting a little bit apart. Mm. My wife will probably still say saying that I've got a king size bed and she's on one side and I'm on the other, and she'd like to be a lot closer to me. So, but that was probably that side of it. We probably did get a little bit too far apart after the surgery, and I probably wasn't being um, romantic, touchy, all that sort of things that Gary likes. Yeah. So mm. yeah, that'd be the one thing if I. Wish I had a real, I think, um, with Dr. Guo, he's a great doctor, but he's such a busy man and he goes, oh, you might be able to work this out. Well, this, we'll work on that later on. And then I sort of got lost in the system and then they found me. But I probably m maybe wished I had seen you before I'd had the surgery. Yeah. That would be my tip. That's our biggest thing, hey, Melissa. We Definitely. just hope that we could see and talk to the patient before surgery, yeah. just to yeah. reassure. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it. And set up the right journey. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that'd be definitely my tip. I'd, because what I know now and my, you know, connection with yourself and being here today and mm. the the stories that I can tell other men before they go in, or mm. you know, because I, I've got men that will not have the PSA test. You know why? So because they don't want to know because yeah. they don't want to not be, not be able to have, have sex. Yeah, yeah I've met yeah. guys like that yep. like in coffee shops, yeah. you know, that go, oh, God, I've never had a check because of this. Yes. Or, you know, mm -hmm. out True. for dinner at a party and you go, no, 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 it doesn't have to be like that. Yeah, yeah no, I, it's, uh, I, get, I, I get annoyed with them at times and they're pretty close friends and uh, so they go, but it doesn't make any sense if you don't make 70. And also, you can't have much sex if you're dead. No, well, that's exactly my words I use. <laughs> that, that, that is exactly what I use. I'm going to say, 
how can you do it if you're dead? Yeah. In a box. Mm. Whereas yeah. at least if you're alive, you can always find a workaround. Yeah. 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 So I get, that's a really good thought, that, isn't it? I'm glad mm. I thought that. I thought of that answer. You mm. partly got me to answer it. So, yeah. But I've really enjoyed the uh, conversation and I'll... I'll keep spreading the word. Yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you so yeah. much for coming in today. And it's yep. been great for me to meet you because Kendall's totally looked after you. you haven't yep. And it's been fantastic. No, it's really good. And if any anyone ever wants to ring me up, throw on my phone number. I'm, oh, I'm that's the, great. Uh, I'm the extrovert. I'm out there. I'll talk to anybody. It doesn't worry me one little bit. I'll... More than happy. You'll probably be inundated now with men wanting to ask you questions. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure about that, but I think the apprehensive, it, apprehensive, even about just going in and having the surgery and saying, "Yeah, it's a bit tough for the first couple of weeks," but after that, the way you go, and you just got to remind yourself all the ways that you get to live. That's, yeah. That's that's the the number one key. I think all men would say, "I just want to live," mm. and then work through to where we are today, and we're doing what we can. Mm, Do you think my kids will listen to this? It's up to you. you. (laughs) Do you want them to? (laughs) I'll ask my wife. (laughs) Yes. I reckon at some stage in life we all have to accept that our parents do have sex. Yeah. And if you are Rod's kid and you're listening to this, remember that one day you'll be the same age as him and you'll be really hoping that you're still getting it. So hello to Emma and Wade. (laughs) 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 Thanks, Rod. All righty. Thanks for that. Thanks, Tell you about a boy who lives inside me. He's been there all of my life. Hi, I'm Melissa, and I hope you enjoyed the podcast this week. Just a reminder if you've been diagnosed with prostate cancer, I've built a penile rehabilitation program just for you. It's an online program packed with information, exercises and advice along with proven strategies that will get your penis back in working order as quickly as possible in about 15 minutes a day. If you like the sound of that, then please head over to penilerehabilitationprogram.com and you can start straight away or there's a link from the RS Health website. We would also love you to review and subscribe and share this podcast so we can help more men. Links to Instagram and Facebook are in the show notes. We look forward to seeing you there. So spread the word that help is available. All the best for now. Bye. I've got a boy of my own now. It fills me with pride to see him growing so fast into a man. His victories become mine. I cry his tears.